0: To find out if it's right for you. Kelly
1: and Kelly.
2: Previously on This Sounds Serious. Let me talk
3: to Papa Don, okay? He'll believe me. He'll believe that the mayor killed my
4: girlfriend. Why do you keep calling her the mayor? We all know she's your mother.
5: I'm looking at the gun. Then I look over at Linda, and she's already one step ahead of me. What are you doing? Oh. Why are you coming in?
3: Wait, At about 1 a.m. this morning, the two remaining hostages here at the First Union Bank were seen running free from the building toward police.
1: He did some naughty stuff, and he had to be put in a big boy timeout.
3: I guess I heard her name on TV, you know, that she had gone missing recently. I mean, all in all, I just, I kind of made the whole thing up.
2: It's This Sounds Serious, Missing Melissa, a CastBox Original. Great, thank you. And, um, I'm standing outside the Eastern Oregon Correctional Institute, yep. just outside Mission, Oregon, and about 125 miles north of Tom Day. So, uh, yeah, they know the warden knows I'm coming. I've made an appointment. Um, my name is Gwen Radford, I'm with KZGB Public Radio in Minnesota. Stepping onto the grounds, you get the sense that you could be walking onto a university campus, if not for the lone guard tower in the distance and the 20 foot tall, three layered barbed wire fences surrounding the entire complex. In front of me is the Visitor Registration Building and Main Entrance. Hi!
5: Hi! Yes, Gwen, Gwen Radford. Hello, nice to meet Hi, you. nice to meet you too. Sorry about the gate there.
2: That's alright. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very secure. Yeah,
5: well we have to, you know, it is a prison. Yeah. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> so we'll
2: this is also where Jimmy Klein spent the last two years for kidnapping, forcible confinement, and weapons charges after holding a dozen people hostage in a bank. Although he was released a couple weeks ago, I've come here to learn about Jimmy's time in prison
5: studios and classrooms on our left here. The inmates have a wide variety of learning at their disposal. Lots of subjects. Law, of course, yeah. very popular.
2: That's warden Greg Golden.
5: Sculpting, drawing, magic, even magic. You name it, we got it. But we do have a great group of volunteers who come in and teach the inmates. Uh... Oh, hey, Mr. Diggle, how's the ankle? Feel better. Oh, that's good. You keep walking around on it, it'll feel better in no time. Thank
2: you. As he shows me around the prison campus, it was very apparent that he is liked by the inmates here at EOCI. Hey,
5: thanks, guys!
2: He knows everybody by their first name and remembers a personal bit of information about
5: each inmate. Hang out. People like John? Hey, John, I heard you aced your test for certification. Yeah. Good for you. You can drive a forklift now when you get out, huh? That's right. Hey, Tobias! Toby! Tobzone! you got a new tattoo?
2: I've gotta be blunt. Prison is a total nightmare, especially for-profit prisons where the interests of shareholders are placed ahead of the inmates or society as a whole. That being said, it seemed like Jimmy was living in a pretty decent situation. While I was in cell block C, I got the vibe that I was visiting a small town community center.
5: <sighs> Jimmy was always winning accolades for his for his leadership abilities. You know, did you know that his mother is mayor of Tomdale? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you could always tell that he has that inside of him. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like in his DNA. Do
2: you you know if Jimmy ever spoke about his mother?
5: Well, the prisoners have these group therapy sessions, but uh, what goes on in there is strictly privileged information. Right. Obviously. And, um... While he
2: was here, Jimmy befriended a graphic designer and painter named Stacy Suarez, who volunteered at the prison one day a week.
5: So you be interested in this, actually. Those two started a podcast. Yeah, yeah, they recorded in our uh, studio here, which we set up for them. Used to be a utility closet. <laughs>
3: Hi, my name is Jimmy Klein, an inmate in the Eastern Oregon Correctional Institute. And I'm Stacy Suarez, a visual artist and volunteer at the Eastern Oregon
0: Correctional Institute.
3: And this is Fresh Meat. It's a podcast about life in prison, and it's made by us, the inmates, and it's also made for the inmates. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Zuzu's, Nug Nugs, Mama Cakes, and Wham Whams.
2: Yeah, that's right. We're talking about sugar bombs. We're talking about sweets. Jimmy and Stacy recorded three seasons of Fresh Meat over his two-year stay. This isn't what I was expecting from the person who made that 911 call.
3: Uh, And we're here to answer all of your jargon questions. In prison, we kind of have our own, it's almost like we have our own language, really. Yeah. And uh, we're here to be your interpreters. Okay, great. What does U-A stand for? Oh, that's unwanted attraction. That's uh, when you... Yeah, uh, that
1: means urine analysis. It's, it's short form for drug testing, like wake up and piss. Oh, huh, all
3: hmm. right. Well, then wolf tickets. Uh, this one's like, a, I was in the lunch line and a fight broke out. I had front row wolf tickets. Uh,
0: yeah,
1: nope. Uh, it's like writing a check you can't cash being full of bullshit,
4: you know?
0: Okay, and what?
1: Yeah, weird? so uh, you know, when you're in here, you got a lot of time on your hands, you know. So, yeah. So
2: I like to uh, do uh, chalk murals on my, yeah. on my, uh, my wall. Yeah. They're ephemeral,
5: you know, like they don't last. Yeah. yeah. Like a
3: poem said by a dying man.
2: Man, Jimmy,
5: what? Fucking crushing it. I
2: love From what little I know about Jimmy, he seemed to thrive in the prison system. Within two years, he'd moved to the most comfortable living situation available, started a podcast, and made the Warden's top ten.
5: It's kind of like, I don't know, the Dean's List or the Honor Roll. Jimmy was all over that all the time. He was a top ten over and over again. You know, I just want to recognize the guys who helped keep this place running, volunteer, you know, keep it a positive vibes.
2: Um, did did he ever mention anyone named Melissa?
5: (sighs) Uh, I wouldn't remember a thing like that. A lot of prisoners over the years...
2: Do you feel like Jimmy's the kind of person that would say one thing and then change his story?
5: Ma'am, I work in corrections. People in here change their stories all the time, left right and center, but uh, Jimmy's about as straight and narrow as we get in here.
2: But Jimmy has changed his story. That's the frustrating thing about this case. He held people hostage for 36 hours all because he claimed his mother killed his girlfriend.
4: Listen... You need to arrest the mayor, okay? She killed
3: my girlfriend. Okay, who's your girlfriend? Melissa Turner.
2: And that day, he was not the well-behaved inmate the warden is describing. He was saying some pretty crazy stuff.
3: What? We're not going to hurt anybody. No, well, I might. I might hurt somebody with my gun. Or I might push someone. I don't care. Don't don't push anybody. We don't push anybody here.
2: Well, I might. But later, he completely changed his story.
3: I just made the whole thing up, you know, about my mom
5: killing her. He was only paroled a couple days ago, and we already miss him like crazy. He was a good kid.
2: Okay. So let's just review the conditions of Jimmy's parole. He has to avoid drugs and alcohol. He may not be in possession of any firearms— He must also stay 50 feet away from the bank he held hostage, as well as the Tom Day Library, the ice cream shop, and every other place he's held hostage in the past. And the most intriguing condition of all, he has been placed under the supervision of his mother. He will be living in the same house as the woman he publicly accused of murder two years ago. He cannot leave her home unless it is to attend work or visit his parole officer. I arranged to meet with Jimmy at his mother's house, and I want to know, why did he accuse his mother of murder? And why did he change his story? But I'm not sure just who it is I'm going to meet, the volatile bank robber or the teacher's pet at a country club prison. Coming up after the break, I find out.
0: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
2: I arrived at the home of Tom Day Mayor Rhoda Day on a Tuesday afternoon, about five minutes before our scheduled interview time. Look at this place. Wow. A black Chevy Blazer was parked in the open garage. The license plate read, 4-M-A-Y-O-R. For mayor, the white two story house looked to be about a hundred years old, but still in pristine condition. It reminded me of childhood visits to my grandma's house. I rang the doorbell. The mayor answered and welcomed me in.
0: Hello! Hi! (laughs) You must be Gwen! I am Gwen. Nice to meet you. Thank you.
2: I was struck by her smile. She had perfect teeth and a kind face. The next thing I noticed was her hair. It was like a dome, thick and red and straight to her shoulders. She wore big pieces of jewelry, rings and a chunky necklace. It wasn't flashy, it was stylish. Oh, perfect. Now, it is a shoes-off household. I hope you don't mind. Don't mind my socks. They don't match because I haven't done laundry. Oh,
0: that's...
6: Working, girl.
2: She took my coat and handed me a glass of iced tea. And there, emerging from the den... Was Jimmy? Mm-hmm. Hi, Gwen. Oh, hi, Jimmy. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good.
1: good.
3: It's
2: nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to, finally. Put the face to
3: for the. The phone. Call. Yeah, yeah, the phone yeah call. Right. This is my boy. Hello, yeah. <laughs>
2: Jimmy. Aw, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> my first impression of him was that he looked incredibly strong compared to the man I had watched on the bank security camera footage from two years ago. Uh, yeah. Okay. His chest was firm under his T-shirt. He'd lost his baby fat, and his arms were corded with muscle.
3: Hey, I don't know if you can tell this by, because we only talked on the phone, but I just got super ripped in prison. And, uh, yeah, because there's, I don't know, there's not much to do there. It's kind of like just read or work out or read or study and then work out some more. So sorry if I'm uh, a little jacked. I don't know. if.
2: No no apologies. He escorted me upstairs to his bedroom where he was living now. The first thing I noticed was the strong smell of vanilla in the air. Out the window, I could see the backyard and it was starkly different from the front. There were no beautiful trees or garden. It was overgrown with weeds. There was trash and barrels and a shed that was in desperate need of a power washer. It made me wonder whether the house was a metaphor for Rhoda. Beautiful and welcoming, but covering up something ugly.
3: So, oh, wow. Yeah. This is a lot of photos. Yeah. It's the photo wall that I call it.
2: As Jimmy and, showed me around, I noticed dozens of photos of him and his mother.
3: Yeah, There's another photo of me and my mom. Yep. Um, that's from a go-kart uh, track.
2: They were everywhere.
3: Um, this is another photo of me and my mom. Yeah. Uh, this one's from a castle, a fun castle.
2: And she Rhoda has, is in all of them.
3: I don't know why my mom puts up so many photos of us. Like, I don't, maybe it's her hobby or something.
2: Mm. I'm not sure. This is my hobby! <laughs> yeah. We sat down in the front room for the interview. So, you ready to go, Jimmy? Yeah. I am too. We're um, Are you going to stay and join us for the interview?
6: I think it would be best, don't you? I. Uh, Jimmy? If it's okay with you. Yeah. No, I just think it yeah. would be best for Jimmy, don't you? Right? It's yeah. all right. Yeah, it works for me. You, okay. You
3: yes.
2: Yeah. Of course. Okay, okay. no problem So, I asked them both about the day at the bank. Why had Jimmy said what he said? Right,
3: yeah, of course. Um, I, I mean, I guess I felt like it came out, like the stuff about my mom killing my girlfriend before I could even think about, you know, what I was saying. And it's like I was caught in a lie, you know, and just had to keep the story going or else I'd, I'd be found out.
6: You see, <clears throat> Jimmy has a wild imagination, and I just think it got away from him. Like when you're riding a skateboard, for example, you start going down a hill and you feel out of control and you want nothing more than to jump off. But you can't jump off because you'll hurt yourself, so you just have to stay on. Unfortunately, there was a brick wall at the bottom of that hill called The Truth, and he he smacked right into it.
2: I told them that I had heard that Jimmy had been involved with many hostage situations before the incident at the bank.
6: Um, yeah, he started doing it when he was about five. And it was really cute. I mean, you know, he'd tell his dad and I that uh, we were going to be held hostage, and we we kind of encouraged it because it was so cute. And he would do it when he wasn't getting what he wanted. Like, he wouldn't leave a store unless he could get a toy, like, every time. And he refused to get out of the bath because that meant it was time for bed. <laughs> I still do that. <laughs> I know, right? I have to come in there and get you, haul you out practically. <laughs> But
2: Jimmy grew up, and these tantrums began to take the form of full-blown hostage situations.
3: I think the reason is because I've always had a little bit of trouble expressing myself. And uh, so I guess this is how it, I did it. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed and uh, ashamed. Yeah. And uh, But I think I've, I've come out the other side a, a better man, you know, plus I'm super ripped now. So <laughs> you watch out. Yeah.
2: It didn't sit right with me all of Jimmy's previous hostage situations were a lot more innocent than the time at the bank.
1: Let me explain to you how a hostage situation works. In general, they follow a few simple rules. Here's what I want. If I don't get it, there will be consequences.
2: That's Tom Day Police Chief Paul Brand.
1: So let's say, for example, you know, bring me a helicopter with $20 million where I kill the hostages. Now, when Jimmy staged... His hostage situation, they didn't follow this format at all. They were just kind of like little meltdowns. He didn't have any demands at all. Well, it wasn't until he walked into that bank two years ago. Also, this was the first time he brought a weapon with him.
2: I asked Rhoda
6: about her memory of that day. I should have been there. I, I should have been the negotiator. I think if I had been there and, and spoken to Jimmy... Not just as a mother, but as a negotiator. I, I would have helped him off the skateboard, so to speak. And things wouldn't have gone the way they did. I admit I failed him. I did. But now I'm committed to being better. I think
3: what, um, after thinking about it, you know, I, I realized that I was angry at my, my mom that day. I think that much is true. Uh, I wanted to b- borrow some money so I could go to Portland because uh, there was a convention there and uh, there was going to be people there that I wanted to see, you know, girls and stuff. And uh, what I meant to say was, um, arrest my mother. She killed my opportunity at having a girlfriend. But I, I left out, you see what I mean? I left out a few choice words.
6: And, and you wish you had said them right?
3: I, yeah, I wish I would have said the full words. <clears throat>
2: At this point, I decided that it would be best if I spoke to Jimmy alone.
6: Oh, no, 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 of course. Oh, no, of course. I, I, I think it's important that, that Jimmy tell his own story in his own words, and I certainly don't want to get in the way of that. And if either of you feel like you need me, I will be right outside. So don't hesitate to call.
2: And this is when I noticed a change. Jimmy who was just moments before very open and friendly, became incredibly closed off. He averted his eyes from me and delivered quiet, monosyllabic answers to my questions. So um, this will be simple. I just have a few more questions. Is that okay? Yeah, I guess so. It was like carrying on a conversation with a dummy after a ventriloquist leaves. But I kept asking questions. When did he decide to go to the bank? I don't know. Why did he bring a gun this time? To shoot. And then I asked him about the whole reason I'm here. Do you know Melissa Turner? Uh, no. Why
3: did you say you did? I made it up. I do that. I make up names. You know, like Melissa Turner, Ted Turner, Kathleen Turner, Tina Fey, Flipper...
2: Okay, well, um, I think that'll do it for today. Um, I left their house feeling pretty low. All right, well, thank you yeah. so much. Great,
6: Oh, I hope you got everything you need.
2: Maybe I'd come all the way to Tom Day for no reason at all. As a journalist, sometimes all you have are your instincts, and when they steer you wrong, you can really start to doubt yourself. You follow your nose, but you end up chasing your tail. But this isn't about me. It's about Melissa.
1: I mean, we send out bulletins to every police department in the region. But I don't know if anyone looks at them. They just pile up.
2: That's Detective Philip Moore. He works for the police in Twin Falls, Idaho, where Melissa went missing.
1: Like J. Crew sends me five emails every day, and they all say the same thing, 40% off. At a certain point, you just ignore them. Did we talk to any other police departments about Melissa Turner? No.
2: That's Chief Brand from Tom Day PD again.
1: Here's how it would go, Gwen, if I did. Ring, ring. Yes, hello. Other town police. Speaking. There's this weird guy in our town who always says weird things, and he just said another weird thing. Do you know anything about that? Uh, no, sure don't. Okay, thank you. Click. So yeah, we just chalked that one up to Jimmy being Jimmy. How
2: can a woman go missing in one town and the next day she's named as a murder victim in a town five hours away and the police departments involved don't even talk to each other? This is another example of how the system failed in this case. And as discouraging as this is, it makes me think that maybe I'm onto something. If I'm the only person to connect these cases, maybe I'm seeing something nobody else does. And there's a reason why I'm supposed to be in Tom Day. By the way, you've probably never heard of Tom Day before, so listen to this.
1: Tom Day, Oregon. You've probably heard a lot about us. Good things, bad things, medium things.
2: This is a promotional video made by the town about 20 years ago.
1: Maybe you've heard about our high school, Grant Union, and how we took fourth in the region in junior varsity football four years ago. Or maybe you've heard about our award-winning aquatic center with a working wave pool. Or how we have over 13 murals painted all over town by some of the finest artists in Tom Day. If you've heard about us, you've probably thought about us. Let's keep thinking.
2: Back then, they were trying to court Palm Pilot to build a factory here.
1: People from Tom Day love
3: high tech, and I can speak on good authority, because I'm the owner and proprietor of Tom Day's only internet cafe.
2: If you don't remember the late 90s, Palm Pilots were these handheld electronic devices that had a calendar and a notepad. They were a precursor to smartphones a factory would have brought hundreds of jobs, which would have been huge for a town of less than 2,000 people. And there's more.
6: Plans are in the works for a new six-lane highway to connect Tom Day to Eugene, Portland, and even Boise, Idaho. Take it from me, I'm the mayor. Tom Day,
1: a great place for a factory.
2: The video shows Tom Day in the best light imaginable. The streets are bustling. The colors are vibrant. Everybody who was anybody in the town turned up to be in the video. But as I walk around Tom Day now, I see just how beat up the town is compared to how it was depicted in the video. Cracked sidewalks, chipped paint, broken windows, large amounts of mattresses in the alleys and streets, and cigarette butts everywhere. It's no surprise... 20 years had passed and no factory was built. No highway either. The population has shrunk by about 500 as well. I walk past the town's only traffic light and into a bar called the Old Prospector. I happened in on karaoke night. It was bizarre, to say the least. As I walked in, I passed through a wall of cigarette smoke. Tomde is one of the rare places that still allows smoking in bars and restaurants.
5: Yeah, you can smoke everywhere here. Like, you can smoke in grocery stores, motels, city hall. It's like probably Rhoda's most popular policy. I
2: managed to strike up a conversation with three locals sitting at a table near me. Blaine, Kevin, and Bethany.
5: I mean, yeah, like, Rona's... Uh, Rhoda's
3: a real piece of work. I, I, I probably shouldn't speak too loudly about it.
2: As you may have gathered from her name, Rhoda Day is a direct descendant of the town's founder, Tom Day, who was a trapper in the 1800s. Her father and her grandfather were mayors, too. According to Bethany, a third of the town's residents can trace their roots directly to Tom Day.
5: That guy, that guy over there. Okay, that's Will Day, and he owns this place. Um, That guy is his brother, Jaron. He's the guy with, he's got like a weird foot. I don't know, I don't know what his deal is.
2: I felt a little bit like I was intruding on a family reunion.
5: That guy guy near
1: the door is Jason McDuff. He married Vivian Day, who's Rhoda's mom's cousin's cousin. Cousin's Uh, daughter, I don't even know now. So like Jimmy's third cousin. Right. Jason owns all the vending machines in town. He's a millionaire, you know. Hey,
5: everybody. You guys know this one?
2: It was a fun bar with a welcoming vibe, but I could see someone getting an eerie feeling. And there was something a little strange about the karaoke night. The songs sounded kind of familiar, but they were all a little off.
1: Diaz, Laura Dern, Mira Sordino,
5: Looking Stern, Bleep,
2: It was Ron. as if the bar couldn't afford the rights to the real songs.
4: Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, baseball bats
5: are catching fire. I'm actually
1: a day on my mother's side a couple generations you back. You told yeah. me that earlier. <laughs> oh, I, I don't get invited to reunions, though, because of something my dad said a long time ago.
5: Okay.
1: Fuck okay. you, Dad.
2: <laughs> I found it a little unsettling how everyone would whisper whenever they mentioned the mayor. They spoke about Jimmy openly, but when the conversation turned to his mother, they'd lower their voices. They didn't even seem to notice they were doing it.
5: Yeah, man, everybody, everyone's harmless. Like Jimmy's harmless. You just gotta, you know, Rhoda's just fucking sketchy, you know. Shush, shush, shush. Why are you asking this anyway? Are you like the cops or something? Oh my god, no, 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 no. I'm
2: not the cops. I'm just, I'm a podcaster.
5: Oh. 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 I love Joe Rogan. Yeah.
2: I told them I was researching Jimmy as part of a larger story. And that's when Bethany told me about Rick.
5: Oh my God. Oh my God. If you're doing a story on Jimmy, you really Rick. should. If anybody knows about Jimmy, it's Rick. He's known him since like, fucking, I don't know, like high school yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely talk to him. I think he's in like fucking Portland. Totally superficial.
4: My name is Rick Eccleston. I grew up in Tom Day. And my wife, uh, she's trying to get our baby to sleep, so you might hear some crying in the background.
2: This was the first I'd heard of Rick. Bethany pointed me to his Facebook, and I contacted him from there.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Day is not a place to raise a kid. I mean, why do you think I got out? I mean, that's not why I left. I mean, I left for many reasons. I can't imagine what it must be like to be Jimmy. I mean, you know, the son of the mayor.
2: Can you tell me a little bit about what Jimmy was like back in high school?
4: Oh, we met in ninth grade, I have to want to say. Um, Jimmy had recently been given a, what do we call it back then, the, um, a hot brownie stuffed muffin. Um, that's where you take a handful of mud and put it down the back of somebody's pants, and then you give them a wedgie, just drive it straight into the zone. Everybody bullied him, everyone. They'd, oh, they'd chandelier him, that's where they'd hogtie you, and then hang you from the ceiling, and then they'd twist your nipples, uh, pretending they're changing the light bulbs, and flick your penis uh, if uh, they know as if to turn the lights on and off, or twist it if they thought uh, that you had a dimmer. Um, they'd meter-made you, uh, that's where they'd um, the bully would pull your pants down and then uh, put quarters in your ass, uh, and then they'd uh, make you watch their car uh, until they came back and they could still come back and put more quarters in there and you'd still have to watch the car, um, you know, feeding the meter. You know, they replaced his soap with cheddar cheese and vice versa, uh, all this stuff. I mean, God. Why was Jimmy bullied? Why? I mean, he's Jimmy, he was a weirdo. And let's not forget, he was also the son of the mayor.
2: That's one thing to know. Rhoda's been in office since the mid-90s. If Jimmy's 30 now, that's almost his entire life.
4: I guess he didn't really find uh, his whole niche until he got into that online community he's involved in. That's when he really started to come into his own. I mean, before he went to prison.
2: (laughs) I didn't know Jimmy was part of any online community.
4: Oh, oh yeah. He's very active online. Have you checked out his YouTube channel by any chance? I hadn't. Oh, you definitely should. Uh, He's very engaged in a sort of subculture that's into, uh, I don't know, smells? He reviews smells.
2: As soon as I got off the phone with Rick, I looked up Jimmy's YouTube page.
3: Hey guys, once again, it's me, Sniffy Jim Whiffer. Uh, thanks for coming back, those of you who are coming
2: back. He's posted hundreds of videos with thousands and thousands of views. And yeah, the videos are about fragrances, specifically incense. And yeah, it's weird, but they're kind of fascinating. I watched one, and then another, and another, and soon it was 3 a.m.
3: Okay, I'm getting strong notes of sandalwood and magnolia, kind of a beach vibe. Um, And it's got that deliciously overbearing aftersmell of patchouli. Yeah. What makes this stick, sick as hell, is, of course, it's slow burn time, and it's got a long ash, uh, which makes for an incredibly thick smoke ribbon. And that's going to paint the air. Just wow. I didn't know avocado could mix with cinnamon, but there it is. It's right there, right in front of you. Sweet Such and an A earthy. to celebrate 30,000 subscribers, I'm going to be giving away these. See these? Okay, these are boxes of my brand-spanking new Sniffy Jim brand mystery incense. Just comment on the video and I will pick 10 winners.
2: I didn't know this type of thing existed. I can't imagine making one video about incense, let alone hundreds. Some of them are short little check-ins with his fans.
3: Uh, I just want to give a quick shout-out and dedicate this one to all my loyal schnoz gobblers.
2: Others are reviews of incense.
3: Jim, coming back at you with another review. Boom. Powerful little pinon bricks.
2: And some are long musings about the meaning of smell. It's at once everything and, and nothing. You know, We rarely
3: see what we, we smell, yet we, we know it's there. and That's why it's called
2: the nose. <laughs> you know, because it, it knows. And he gets a lot of comments on his videos. Pages and pages. The smelling community seems to be quite vibrant. Some are mundane. Others go on for paragraphs, disputing Jimmy's views on a certain incense. He gets called basic for devoting 10 minutes to patchouli.
3: And uh, I really appreciate all the love from the scent community. You know, you guys rock. Keep sniffing.
2: After the day's setback trying to interview Jimmy, I didn't know what I was doing anymore. I was up, drinking wine, reading comments on his YouTube channel at three in the morning. And he, I had had this hunch about Melissa Turner, which led me to this small town. And now I'm in this cigarette-stained motel, watching strange videos about smells. I didn't expect this would be the moment I discovered my biggest break in the case. But that's when I saw it. One simple comment about halfway down the page on a video Jimmy posted announcing that he was trying to make his own vanilla incense. The comment reads, Wow, I can't wait to smell that in person. See you soon. Smiley face. Posted by user Melissa underscore Turner. I can't wait to smell that in person. See you soon. Next time on This Sound
1: Series.
3: Welcome aboard the good ship, Incense. I'm your captain here, Captain Nostro, a.k.a. Sniffy Jim Whipper.
1: Uh, yeah, that guy. the amateur. And now, I I know what you mean when you say Melissa. I remember Jimmy was obsessed with her.
2: I think Jimmy maybe thought they were closer than they really were, but
6: they definitely, you know, they were tight, though.
3: You know, next time you want help identifying a smell because your nose is too weak and mine is stronger, don't come to me. Don't come to me, okay?